So they need to really know all about you, what you stand for, know your background, know what you're about, know what you do, right? But then they need to like you. They need to resonate and make sure, okay, I really feel good around this person. I, I get a warm, fuzzy feeling around this person. I wanna do business with them. Or maybe through learning about your life, they really like what you stand for. And so they wanna help support you and give you money. They wanna help lift you up and say, I believe in this person. I wanna hire them, not only because they're awesome, but because I like what they're doing in the world. Being a circus boss is all about being confident on and off stage. It's about you living more of those powerful moments when time stands still and your audience is captivated and connected and everything feels right in the world. Welcome to the Circus Boss Podcast. This is the space where we talk about all things business and marketing related to circus so you can make those big dreams happen. We're your co-hosts, Brock and Eileen, and we help circus performers and producers manage your business with ease so you can spend more time on the flying trapeze. So if you're a circus boss that's ready for more, hit subscribe and join us every week. Your audience awaits. Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, it's Eileen back here for another solo episode of the Circus Boss Podcast. So last week, we saw a major crash on Instagram, Facebook, and WhatsApp. And so today's episode is inspired by the crash, because if you use these platforms for your business, it might have left you in the lurch. I think it was down for like five hours on Monday. So maybe you couldn't connect with your fans. Maybe you couldn't continue conversations with clients and maybe you weren't able to make sales. So today I'm going to talk about ways to supplement your socials and diversify your marketing so you don't have to have all of your eggs in one basket. So thanks for tuning in for another episode. And thanks for everyone that follows up with us via DMs on Instagram after the episodes. We love your little love letters. We love your notes. We love hearing what you're enjoying about the podcast. Now, for some of you, it was great to take a break for the socials. I did a little poll on Instagram on our stories and lots of people were like, yeah, I had to go study for three exams that I was putting off. So it was keeping me from being able to be distracted. And other people were like, good, dude, I took the day off from socials and did more important things. And if that's you, that's great. But for me personally, I like to plan when I'm taking a break from social. I want that to be on my own terms, especially if I'm using the platform for my business. Because what if I had an IG Live planned for that day? Or what if I'm like on my way to an event and I need to connect with the client or maybe other vendors and I've been doing it all through DMs and maybe I don't have their phone numbers easily accessible to text message? Well, people aren't going to really email the day of an event. That's more instant, like maybe text message or DMs. Yeah, just things to think about to make sure that you are taking these conversations offline, either via email or text message, so that when you do need to connect with people, you don't have to rely on a platform that you don't own. Don't get me wrong, I love Instagram and Facebook, and there's a lot of great things that you can do for your business on those platforms. So let's start by thinking about marketing way back in the day. 
before social media existed. Some of you might not know what <laughs> that time. I'm not sure. But for those of us that can at least, maybe we saw it in a movie, right? Maybe you, you can reference this point uh, in time that I'm talking about via a movie. But you used to have to pay for an ad in a magazine or a billboard to advertise your business or maybe a commercial on TV. Or maybe you had to go make flyers and hand them out. Or maybe you had to stuff flyers underneath the windshield wiper of cars in a parking lot at a shopping mall. Maybe you had to have a salesperson going door to door or have Tupperware parties or Mary Kay parties at your house. So marketing used to be a lot more time consuming and a lot more expensive. And so that is the benefit of social media is that we can do all this marketing for free. And I think we've really gotten used to that. But I just want to remind everyone that's not how it used to be. So it's a great thing that we have these free platforms because it gives so much power to entrepreneurs and small businesses that don't have a large marketing budget. But we don't own the platforms and we have to play by the rules. We have to stay on top of updates and changes. Things change all the time. And there's always this game of trying to learn how to beat the algorithms. So I actually advocate for having a really robust marketing plan that social media is just one part of it. And the reason why that's important is, I don't know if you've heard this, but it takes at least seven impressions before somebody is ready to make a purchase. And honestly, the way that we're inundated with information these days, I'm sure there are studies that prove it's way higher than seven impressions. And what that means is that somebody needs to hear about you and see what you offer at least seven times before they're even thinking of purchasing from you. So you have to find ways to stay in front of your audience all the time so that you're top of mind, if you've ever heard that expression before. And that's even more important when you are in the event industry. So let's say you are booking entertainment at events like we used to. That is a time-based purchasing decision. It's not just based on emotion or need or desire. It's also time-based because somebody may want to hire you, but if they don't have an event coming up, then they have no need. They have no current need. So you have to find these ways to continue to stay in front of your audience so when they are ready to purchase, you are right there and it's really easy. You just have to click a button, right? They don't have to go search you up. Wait, who is that person again? I want to hire them now, but I can't remember their name. I don't remember how to find them. You want to make it really easy for them by always showing up in all the places where they are. Because you can have this all work together in harmony. You can have marketing off of socials and marketing on socials really work together and support each other. You can repurpose content. So this podcast that I'm making right now, I've already made four other pieces of content from the outline that I made for this podcast. This can be called pillar content, meaning this is like a pillar. This is a base. And from that, then you make other pieces of content. Some people might record the podcast first and then pull out pieces to make content. I've actually learned through doing this a little while, only 18 episodes, so it's still kind of new, but I'm learning that it helps me to make the other pieces of content as part of the prep for the podcast. Because I'm learning all these different angles to talk about this important topic, right? So I've already made four pieces of social media content that are related 
to today's podcast. Now you haven't seen them yet because they're getting queued up for coming out after the podcast. And on those posts, I refer people back to the podcast in case they didn't hear it or in case they want to listen to it again. It also is great for people like you that do listen every week. When you hear the podcast, you know the expression, you can only absorb what you're ready to hear. There's so many times I'll listen to a podcast and I'll be like, wow, that was amazing. I learned so much from it. And then like six months later, I listen to it again and I get new insights from it. How did I miss that information the first time? For some reason, I wasn't ready to absorb the information. I wasn't ready for it. So I love when other people that I follow, I'll hear their podcast and then I'll see other pieces of content. Maybe it's a video, maybe it's a reel, maybe it's just a quote post or like a photo with a long caption talking about this same content, but from a different angle. It also helps me as a listener absorb it more too. Oh, right. Now I understand it in a different way than when I first listened to the podcast. So that's what repurposing content is all about. It's not just about cut and paste putting the same thing in multiple places. It's about making one piece of content. Maybe it's a YouTube video. Maybe it's a blog post. Maybe it's a super long caption on Instagram. Maybe it's a podcast. But you make this, maybe it's a long email that you send out to your email list, right? You make this larger piece of content where you go really in depth with something and then you can repurpose it and turn it into other pieces of content in other platforms. So I'll probably send an email out eventually about related to this topic. Then I, like I said, I've got four posts that are coming out on social media. And then this topic might come up again when I'm working with a coaching client. So I can refer them to this podcast episode and say, hey, listen to this. And then we'll make a plan customized for you based on these concepts. But it helps give them a frame of reference before we even jump on the coaching call. So that's what I mean by having all these places that you show up online kind of work together in harmony to support each other. We're going to dive in. I have a lot of information to give you as always. This would be a great time to get out your pen and notebook or get ready to type. If you're driving, then don't do that. Obviously, (laughs) you can come back to this later and listen to it again. So just maybe absorb it once and then go back again the second time and take your notes. But what we're going to talk about is a concept that we actually teach in our driving sales with Instagram workshop. And it's a way that I like to think about all the different stages of marketing. So we call them grow, connect, and convert. These stages, there's actually a multi-layered way to look at it. One way is that these are the stages that you will go through with your business. So when you're first starting out, you're thinking about growing, right? You need to grow your audience, grow your followers, reach a lot of people that don't know about you yet. And then once you do have an audience, then you want to connect. And this is where you start building relationships with these people. So they're going from uh, a handshake into a relationship, I like to call it. So that's when you're connecting with people and then convert. Now you've got a following, you've built relationships, and now you're ready to start selling something. Maybe it's a course, maybe it's a fitness program, maybe you're ready to start selling entertainment. So it's hard to start a new business and just start selling. You've got to grow your audience first, who are the people that are your potential clients, connect with them, help them know who you are, what you offer, and then you can start making sales. So 
the grow, connect, convert, you'll go through as you grow your business. Now, when you get to a certain stage, then you're actually doing all three of them at the same time, which is why I like to talk about marketing in these three phases to make sure that even though you're already doing sales, you're already doing the thing, you still need to continue to grow your audience. You have to continue growing your audience to get new people in on a regular basis. And then you have to continue to connect with people on a regular basis. And then you can't forget to make sales on a regular basis. So those three parts always need attention. But this is also the same journey that a client goes through as part of their decision-making process. Think about it. Let's say that you want to start learning a new skill. Let's say you're an aerialist and you want to start doing hand balancing. So the first stage is you need to get to know somebody. So that's the introduction. The first step is finding somebody that can help you. So you find some either recommendations for people or maybe you Google online or maybe you look through Instagram and see who's doing handstands. But you go through that first stage of finding out about somebody. Then you want to get to know them. You want to make sure that they resonate with you. You want to perhaps make sure that they're in alignment with your values. You want to make sure that's going to be a good person to work with because if they're going to be your teacher, you want to resonate with them. And then you want to learn, how do I work with you? When do you teach? How much does it cost? How do I learn with you? So those are the same three stages that Grow, Connect, Convert. So now, how do you manage all these three areas? If you want to learn how to do this on Instagram, you can check out our workshop, circusboss.com slash IG workshop. I'll put the link in the show notes too. It's called Driving Sales with Instagram. But let's talk about how to do that outside of socials. So there's two ways of thinking about grow. One is what's called inbound marketing. And that's where you're putting out breadcrumbs for people to find you so that people can, as they're searching, stumble upon you, right? That's inbound marketing. They're coming in towards you. Then there's outbound marketing, which is where you're actively going out into the world to meet new people. Those are two different ways to grow your audience. So I like to always have a balance because also the outbound marketing where you're going out and hitting the pavement, putting those flyers on cars, that takes a lot of work and energy. And we might as well let the interwebs help us. So really think about balancing those two, inbound and outbound. For the outbound ones, you can go to networking events. Now that can be in-person or virtual, but showing up and meeting people and talking to people is definitely a way to grow your audience. If you're doing entertainment and events, there are event industry associations that I talk about a lot. There's also fairs and festivals associations. Maybe you do more art fairs and city county based festivals. You can also look into your local chamber of commerce because if you're locally based, you want to get to know the businesses in your area. There's also most cities or regions have a tourism bureau and they focus on bringing people to your area. Now, a lot of that is going to be tourism. So that's just more like consumers. But also most tourism bureaus have a conference department where they're trying to book larger business conferences in your location. So tourism bureaus are great to network with. Then there's also business networking groups that are specifically for networking. Now with those, you always want to make sure that your ideal client, that your target audience is actually attending those networking groups. Those can be a lot really helpful for someone who does real estate and someone who is a lawyer and an accountant and printing services and 
interior design. So we've done some of those kind of networking before and found that there wasn't really enough people that were ready to book events. So look into who attends those, but that's another option. With any of these, always ask to visit first for free, or maybe you have to pay like a one-time event fee to visit before you do the, usually they have like a yearly membership. It's just good to make sure that's going to be beneficial for you before you drop some money on it, right? Always ask who the, ask questions about who the members are, do some research online. A lot of these places will have a website where you can look at the member directory and see who are members. So really just do that research first. And then of course, another big one is doing trade shows or open houses. So this is really big for entertainment. Doing an annual trade show can really get you in front of large audiences. Now they can be expensive. I like to recommend having a plan before you go into them, but trade shows can be really powerful for you and open houses. Most vendors and most venues and caterers and planners will have open houses on a regular basis. And so start to build those relationships that you know I like talking about and consider trade shows or open houses as part of your outbound marketing strategies as well. Then if you're a coach, go to festivals, go to workshops, go to retreats, go to anywhere where there are lots of your target audience gathered in the same place. You can ask to speak like uh, I think it's going on this weekend is EdCon by the American Circus Educators. There's also the Aerial Dance Festival. So many of these festivals during COVID had to find an online option. And I bet that there will continue to be an online option or go in person. So now let's talk about some of the inbound, the places where you can leave those breadcrumbs for people to find you. So you don't have to physically be at all these places all the time. So some of these associations that I mentioned have online websites where you can be listed. I like to call that a vendor listing or a directory. But then there's also other ones that that aren't related to associations. So let's say you're a a freelancer and you're doing gig work. I hope you know about Circus Talk by now. We talk about them a lot, circustalk.com. That's a place where you can set up a profile and also look for work. They have great job postings and listings all the time. Then uh, there's Gig Salad if you're looking more locally or regionally. And there's one called The Bash, which used to be Gig Masters, I think. Now there's some strategies with Gig Salad and The Bash. You, it, it can make what you do more of a commodity because there's a lot of people perhaps doing what you're doing. So check it out and see how many people are listed in your area. I've heard from people that it does work and I've heard from people that it doesn't work. We used it probably, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago now, both Gig Salad and Gig Masters. And I found that if you have really quick follow-up and if you really can explain what's unique about you, then it can lead to work. But the benefit of those platforms are they have really mastered the SEO, the search engine optimization for their site. So if you type in hire Acrobat New York City, Gig Salad is going to be the first thing that shows up. Now, we have our friends over at Shared Culture Concepts and they can do SEO for you. So if you wanna do SEO on your own site to make sure that you're getting a little bit higher in some search results for where you are, pay a professional to do it for you and they can help point you to what can help show up higher in the Google results. But that's a little side talk about SEO, but just thinking about the gig salad and the bash is, is one option and of course circus talk as well. Now, if you're an entertainment company, I would recommend something that 
has a little bit more reach within other vendors because your other vendors, like I always talk about, are going to be a great referral network for you. There's one called The Vendry. There's one called Party Slate. Then if you join any of these associations, they will have their own directory. And if you do weddings, there's Wedding Pro, which used to be The Knot, I think, and Wedding Wire. I can't remember, but a a couple of companies merged and I think it's called Wedding Pro now. And then there's also one called Offbeat Bride. If you do a lot of themed weddings, like we just did a post last week about our pirate mermaid wedding, that would be the kind of client we would be an offbeat bride client because we're offbeat (laughs) and because we're gay. But if you like doing really unique weddings, not the traditional, then you might want to try seeing if you can get listed in offbeat bride. If you're a circus coach, then there's the American Circus Alliance and American Circus Educators. You can be members of both of those. American Circus Alliance doesn't quite have a member directory right now, I don't think, but they are highlighting their members on their social media platform. So that's great visibility for you there. Another one, if you're booking entertainment, we talk a lot about HoneyBook, which is a CRM tool that also does proposals and contracts, but they actually have a feature where you can put out calls and network with other vendors through their platform and you can look for available opportunities. So there's some lead generation things that can you can do within HoneyBook in your area. And another is affinity groups. So for instance, Brock and I as queer business owners, when we lived in Seattle, we were members of the Greater Seattle Business Association, which is actually like an LGBTQ plus advocacy organization. They do a ton of work lobbying and supporting not just gay rights, but gay owned businesses. So we were part of a networking group within the GSBA. And they also had great programs where they connected queer owned businesses with corporations that wanted to hire more diverse vendors. So if there's, if you're black owned, if you're a veteran, if you're queer owned, women owned, there's a lot of specialized groups to support you as a business owner in those realms as too. I think the women business owners, I can't remember, just Google these tools, but just know there's groups for everything. In some regions, they even have like groups for bar and bat mitzvahs. So if you like doing serving the Jewish community, there's a ton of really targeted marketing you can do in that realm. And then for this breadcrumb idea, there's also the more traditional approach of blogging on your website. So talking about your process, talking about your entertainment, what, how to use it, your entertainment at events, or if you're a coach, talking about your methodology and your approach. Blogging is great. Now, not everyone reads blogs, so you might want to think of doing a similar approach on YouTube. So blogging on YouTube, maybe vlogging, showing people snippets of your classes, showing the transformation, all these things that I talk about a lot for your marketing on social media, you can be doing that on other platforms. And then you can also publish articles in other publications. So event industry has a ton of different magazines that you can try to get published in. You can try to get published in Circus Talk. I know that you can speak in the American Circus Alliance. They have a spotlight where they feature members every so often. So trying to see how you can get in front of other audiences. Also, you can blog on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is great for like mini blogs and then link to your longer blog. So those are a ton of ideas. (laughs) I, I hope you wrote them down. All about ways to grow your audience, not even using Instagram or Facebook. I'm sure you might have some other ideas. So when you're done with this, go back and actually 
do some journaling yourself and think about what are other ways that I can grow my audience, meet new people and get in front of larger audiences that aren't necessarily on Facebook or Instagram. Okay, so you've grown your audience. You have millions of raving fans, but now they need to know about you because this is where I like to say that you're going to turn a handshake into a relationship. So you just met all these great people. You shook their hand. You got their business card. They told you something about them. You told them something about you. And then what? So this is where you want to pull people in closer to your center and really show them who you are. Uh, In marketing, this is the stage where we talk about the know, like, and trust factor. So they need to really know all about you, what you stand for, know your background, know what you're about, know what you do, right? But then they need to like you. They need to resonate and make sure, okay, I really feel good around this person. I I get a warm, fuzzy feeling around this person. I want to do business with them. Or maybe through learning about your life, they really like what you stand for. And so they want to help support you and give you money. They want to help lift you up and say, I believe in this person. I want to hire them, not only because they're awesome, but because I like what they're doing in the world. And then trust is, okay, is this person really going to be able to deliver the results that they say they are? And this comes through social proof. You hear me talking about that a lot. That's getting other people to recommend you and refer you and testimonials and case studies. It's showing people, yes. I am qualified to do this. And yes, I have done it before. And here are the other people that have experienced this. And these are the results. So that's how you instill the trust. So all of that happens in this connect phase, because this is preparing somebody to feel comfortable purchasing with you. And some people try to do all of this in a proposal. So if you're doing entertainment and events, you want to go through this no like and trust factor in your proposal. But if you can do this in your marketing, It makes the proposal process so much easier. And a lot of times then people won't even ask for other proposals from other companies because they already know you are the one. So there was there were a couple casinos that we worked at often and they actually told us that they had to go through a process of getting multiple proposals. It was just part of their rules. Maybe it was to distribute the work. Maybe it was to make sure they were getting good pricing. But one of them actually told us this and they were like, okay. We know we want to hire you, but they said, we need to get other quotes. Do you have anyone that you would recommend? And that was really interesting to say, okay, I know that I'm going to be sending them somebody that potentially could win this job over us. Now, my client has told us out front they want to hire us, but they are required to get some more quotes. So I don't know why I'm talking about this now, but I thought I'd share. I tried to pick somebody that would A have similar pricing to us, and B, provide a similar service. Because I felt it was more important to show the value and the quality of high-level entertainment than to try to give them somebody that was newer or just starting out or maybe wasn't at the level that we were. It just didn't feel like being honest with my client. And so I gave them recommendations for two companies that I trusted. And we ended up getting hired. But the reason I'm sharing all of this is because I already had the no like and trust factor before they asked for the proposal. 
If I didn't have that, then since they were required to get three proposals, we might not have won that job. It would have been all in what's in the proposal. So you can take people through the no like and trust factor in your proposal and we're actually gonna be having a workshop on proposals and contracts coming up in November. But I always like to encourage you to think about getting through this stuff in your marketing so that the proposal is just a mere formality. They already know they want to hire you. So how do you do this? Of course, you can do it on Instagram and Facebook, but other ways of doing this are, let's start simple. So in Gmail, you can make templates. I'm not sure if it's a feature that you have to turn on or not because I've had it for so long, but just do a little search. How do you turn on, how do you do templates? And maybe with other email software, you can do that as well. If not, just do it in a Google Doc and cut and paste. But prepare some templates ahead of time before you go to a networking event that says, hey, it's so nice to meet you. I really enjoyed talking with you. I wanted to share a little bit more about our company and what we do. Here are a link to some videos. Here's a link to our website. Here's a link to our social media. I'd love to stay in touch and know how we can help you. And then always end on a question. Do you have any upcoming events? Just create something simple. It feels personalized, but it's not. It's a template. And then when you get back from a networking event, send it to every single person that you met. Okay. Now, if that's a lot and you're doing a lot of marketing, then you might want to consider having an email marketing service provider. So something like ConvertKit or MailChimp. We personally use ConvertKit. Let me know if you wanna learn more about that someday, but you can create those templates in there and just send it out to 75 people all at the same time after you meet people at a networking event or a trade show. And then you can keep going with that and send a weekly newsletter or maybe just a monthly newsletter at first. You can use it to ask questions from your audience. What themes are trending at your events? What venue is your favorite in town? Like really getting to know your audience because that's who you're serving. You can use it to promote new releases. If you have a new act or new costumes, new show, new characters. If you're a coach, maybe you have a new program that's about to launch, right? Warm people up, get them to know about it and get excited about it ahead of time all through email marketing. And then, of course, you can invite people to public performances and show them behind the scenes. That really helps build that relationship. Now, in all of that, of course, you're talking about your offers, you're talking about your products and services and what you do and helping build that relationship. So email marketing is there even if Instagram crashes. Make sure that you have a link in many places to join your email marketing list. And something to think about is you might want to give people a benefit or a reason to join your list. In the online marketing content world, it's there's something called a freebie or a lead magnet. I've seen a few entertainment companies do this, something like, oh, here's your spring 2021 entertainment guide. So you can create a guide ahead of time and send it out to them with just ideas for entertainment that of course you provide, <laughs> but it's ideas and, and event planners always need ideas. So you can think about something like that. For a coach, maybe you can create a one page introductory wor- workout or your favorite warm up, something simple. Um, but you can, in exchange for an email address, you can give them a lead magnet or a freebie. 
That's one way to grow your email list. Now, if you're just doing your email with Gmail, I wouldn't worry about that. That's a lot to manage. <laughs> but when you're using an email service provider like ConvertKit, you can automate all of this for you. So another way to connect with your audience is to survey your audience. So if you're just, let's say, using Gmail or even an email service provider, you can use something like SurveyMonkey or Typeform or Google Forms and just start to ask people questions to learn about them. What are they excited about? What are they working on? What are they struggling with? If you do entertainment, what was their best entertainment ever? What keeps them from booking entertainment? When is their busy season? What type of entertainment would they like to see from you? Really surveying your audience can be a treasure trove of building your offerings around what people want and content creation. You can also, let's say you go to a networking event or a conference and you meet all these awesome people, and yes, you can send them that email follow-up, but you can also ask for a virtual coffee date. We used to do a lot more in person, but right now it's so much easier to just hop online, do a virtual coffee date, see how you can help people, see how you can be a resource to other people and really help to build that relationship. And then they will start asking questions about you. Hey, what do you do? I want to learn more, but really go for how to help them and thinking about them first, not about selling yourself. You can also ask to do site visits at venues, really get to know the venues in your town. I just did a really fun post the other day showing some examples of costumes that we had created, customized for different venues that we worked at a lot and loved. And those came through longer relationships. So in the beginning, if you want to find out, well, who are going to be my venues, just ask to do site visits. That's part of their job is to show their venue to people and just start to get to know them. What type of events do they host? What type of clients do they have? And when you're looking at the architecture or the design in the place, like what, what comes to your mind? Ask them what themes are popular in their venues. Another thing to think about is if there are like organizations like the Tourism Bureau or a large planning company or production company, you can ask to do a presentation. That's where you're going to prepare a slide deck and come in and talk about your business to a room full of people that can then be salespeople for you and sell your services to other clients. Again, always go into those asking questions and getting to understand their needs, but you do want to have a great slide deck with videos and photos and talking points to really get them excited about what you do and understand how it works. And then thinking about your website, let's think about your, your website for a minute as a place to connect with people. Some people would say a website is more in that grow category of where somebody might stumble upon you if you've got that good SEO, but a lot of times you're referring people to your website, maybe through a link in your email or a link in bio on Instagram or through your business card, but your website can be more than just a digital business card for you. That's a great place to start. But if you've been in this for a little while, maybe you want to think about connecting with your audience through your website, because that's a place where they can go and get to know about you and build a relationship with you without you having to be on the phone and in emails all the time. So the first place to think about how to do this is if you've been doing what you do for a while, what are the questions that people ask you all the time? What topics are you talking about with people? Those are things that you can have on your website. So you can make videos of you talking. That's the most powerful way to address this because not only are they getting the information, but just by you talking on your website, 
they're starting to build a personal relationship with you. If you are camera shy or you feel that's like way too hard to do, then you can just write it, have an FAQ section on your website, super important. And then, hey, repurpose that content. Let's get those FAQs on your social media too. On your website, you can also take people behind the scenes. I talk about this, I feel like every time I'm writing or opening my mouth, but I really find, especially with entertainment, but even with coaches, I want to see behind the scenes. I want to understand your process. I want to know how you think. I want to know what went into making something. I want to know the experience. I want to know what worked and what didn't work and how did you creative problem solve when challenges came up. All of that speaks to your character and not only are they learning about you and hopefully building a relationship, but it's also showing trust. It's showing your expertise, your knowledge, your commitment to what you're doing, your passion. I think this is one of the areas that is lacking the most. And you know what? I lack in this too. And I'm really clear on that. Like I am working on this too. Right now our website is horrible. Long story, not to blame it on tech, but our course platform is going to be having a website feature in the coming months. And I've been waiting for that to happen before we redo our website. And I promise to share it widely when we do, but you can look forward to all of these things that I'm asking you to do. I'm going to apply this to Circus Boss. So right now I'm going to admit we don't have a lot of these things, but spending time adding this to your website will be huge, huge. So we've talked about FAQs. We've talked about behind the scenes. Now let's talk about case studies. So this is, again, that trust factor. Let's hear from clients, not just testimonials. Yes, have your testimonials. But let's talk about the beginning, the middle, and the end, and the after. Build your case studies. Why did a person come to you? What did they ask for? What were their original goals? How did you interpret that? What was your creative solution? How did you make it happen? And then what was the experience like? What was the transformation And then what was the impact? What were the results? Those are all the stages of a case study. So you have all these amazing photos probably of what you do. Let's get some words to go with those photos, to take me behind the scenes, to take your audience a step deeper with you and really, really, really showcase your brilliance. Another thing to think about is making sure that you do have a way to stay in touch with your clients that's in your own sphere. This is where the danger of doing all of your client communication in DMs is that you don't have that information. When I ran Animate Objects, I did a really good job of not using DMs to communicate with my clients. That was like where the initial conversation might start, but then I would take it offline and bring it into email or get them into a CRM program like HoneyBook or get them on my mailing list but really making sure that I could capture their information so that if Instagram or Facebook goes down, I still have access to connecting with my clients. You can get this information also in an inquiry form or an application to work with you and manage it in a Google Doc. If you have a smaller you know, pool of clients, you can manage that on a small scale, do it that way. Personally, we had way too many people to manage that way, so we, I used different software over the years for that, but I really do recommend thinking about how are you going to manage all of your contacts? Don't let them live in your DMs because 
if it goes down and if it crashes or maybe people have gotten their accounts deleted before. You don't want to lose all that hard work that you've done. So think about how to manage your contact, your clients and customers off of the socials. In addition to all of this, but that's the one that like, you're doing a lot of work here. Let's not lose them. And then my last favorite way to connect with your audience is let's think about your top, top clients. Maybe they're the people that you love the most, that you enjoy working with the most. Maybe they are the people that do the highest volume with you. So they're your top dollar clients. But make a small manageable list and write down their birthdays. Go on Facebook when it's not crashed and maybe look at all their birthdays or maybe ask what is your birthday in an email or a client intake form. Just ask them what is their birthday, but create a calendar and just send them like a coffee card, a Starbucks card on their birthday or a little handwritten happy birthday card. Remembering your clients' birthdays is such a powerful, special touch. Now, again, you probably can't do it for all of your clients. So just think of making that birthday calendar for your top clients. All right, so we've grown your audience, we've connected with your audience, and now let's talk about convert. So this is where somebody takes the leap to purchase from you. I like to say this is when people raise their hand to say, yes, I want to work with you. And so how do you respond? Now, we also have another workshop called Win the Work that's all about the sales process. The sales process is not just about sending information in an email and getting someone to pay you via Venmo. Now, you can do that, but there are a lot of steps along the way that if you frame it right, can help make this number one, more formulaic and automated, and then number two, more enjoyable, and number three, more effective. So how many times do you send them, send a client a quote, and then they just ghost you? There are many reasons that can happen. Some of them you can't control, some of them you can. I, I don't mean to be plugging all our workshops today, but they just are kind of fitting in here naturally. But circusboss.com slash sales workshop, that's our workshop called Win the Work, all about sales process. So you can do sales on Instagram. A lot of people say DM me and then you send a link to Venmo. But let's talk about some more robust ways to manage your sales process more in your realm so that if Instagram is down and you can't have somebody DM you to work with you, you can still have people working with you on a regular basis. And maybe you want to find people that aren't on Instagram or Facebook. So the first question is to think about how you start the sales process. And that is, does somebody have to fill out an application? Do you schedule a consultation call? Do they fill out an inquiry form? Those three options can all come from a link on your website. You can include a link in the footer of your email. So if somebody wants to work with you, the information is right there. The magic link is right there all the time. It doesn't have to just be through DMs. And then where do you actually make the sale? So I think it's really important to have ways that people can pay you online <laughs> easily. Yes, they can mail a check or bring you a check at an event or when you take class. But when people are ready to purchase from you, you want to seize that moment. And so having somewhere that people can just enter their credit card number and click a button paid 
if they have to write a check, they're going to wait and then go get the checkbook and maybe they forget. Also, the amount of time that it takes to get a check in the mail, quite honestly, with a lot of our events, we didn't have that time because there's this whole conundrum of somebody saying, okay, we want to hire you. Well, there's only a certain amount of time between that moment and the event. And a lot of times, as soon as they say they want to hire us, it needs to be go time for us to deliver the cool things that we promised in our proposal. So if I have to wait two weeks or three weeks for a check, because, you know, the check is in the mail, that is going to, number one, make it more stressful, sometimes cost more money on my end as a producer, and maybe the quality of what I'm offering will be compromised. So we had a really firm practice. We did not start working on an event until we had money in our hand. And that came from a ton of bad experiences, which I can elaborate on some other day, but I really encourage you to be clear with not starting work until you actually receive money from people because then you're risking working for free. That's more of a contract term thing. We have our proposal and contract workshop coming up in November, but I just want to put it out there. The easier that you make it for people to pay, then you can start on your work sooner. It's like with a coach. Are you going to have somebody come and take a whole coaching session with you and then they're like, oh, I left my wallet at home. I'll pay next time. Yes, if you trust them, you can do that. But then that's like, how are you going to keep track of that? That's a lot to manage. And as a coach, wouldn't you want somebody to pay you ahead of time so that when you show up that it's already paid for? And also when someone pays you ahead of time, you're blocking out that time for them. So if they don't pay you, that time is available to somebody else that's going to pay. So I'm a big fan of credit cards. And honestly, we didn't add a credit card processing fee because I didn't want to add a hindrance or deterrence to pay with credit card. I actually wanted to encourage people paying with credit card because there's such that delicate window when someone says yes and before you actually block it out on your calendar and start the work. So how do you do that? Well, you can do things like Stripe. There are different payment portals. You can have a way to purchase on your website. Now, most of the time with entertainment, you're going to want to do some kind of proposal before they actually agree on the service. So I don't, I'm not saying to put on your website, click here to book an event. <laughs> I thought about that. I thought a million ways of trying to make that happen to make it easier. But you can have a private page on your website that people don't know about unless you give them the link. Another way is, let's say if you use QuickBooks Online, or maybe we used to use one called Zero, you can usually send invoices through that. So somebody gets the invoice, they click, they pay, boom, easy. Um, another is HoneyBook. We talk about that a lot. That's that it's a CRM, but it also has, you can send proposals, you can send invoices and a contract all in one. And they can click and pay right there all in HoneyBook. So that's another way to make it easy for people to work with you even when social media has crashed. So you've grown your audience, you've connected, and now you've converted. Now let's cross-pollinate. So get those links everywhere. Let's say you're sending an email. In your email, you can put a link to this cool FAQ video that you just put on your website. And then in the footer of your email, you can have a link to start an inquiry in HoneyBook. On your website, you can have a link to your inquiry form. And if you use a software like HoneyBook, that actually captures people and brings them into the HoneyBook platform if from the very start of the sales process. So those are just a few ideas. 
if you want to get really creative with this, you can also do things like in your emails, point people to a social media post that you did. So there are a ton of ways to cross pollinate. I'm a visual person. Sometimes I like to like just sketch this all out and say, okay, here are all the places that I'm going to grow my audience. And then I draw little arrows. Here's all the ways that I'm going to connect with them. And here are all the ways that I'm going to convert and make the sale, right? And then try to like draw pathways. Well, how can I point people from one stage to the next? How can I tell people over here about this other thing over here? And just like start to map it all out um, on a piece of paper or a big dry erase board. But really like, mind map this, Get have fun with this because it's a lot of information, I know. But pick and choose what works for you and how you can cross pollinate all these different ideas. There you have it. Here are a gazillion ways to diversify your marketing. Now, I know that's a lot of tips, like a lot. Just let's break it down and remember, grow, connect, convert. Break it into those three stages. And then if you do want help, you can tell I love this stuff. So if you want help creating a customized marketing plan that makes sense for you and for your business, or maybe even one of the elements that I talked about, like maybe you need help making a presentation deck to pitch your business to an event planner or production company, or maybe you just need to create a map of how to do all these things and set goals and have some help with accountability to get this work done. This is an example of the kind of stuff that we do with our coaching clients. So we offer one-on-one coaching virtually. So if you wanna learn more about our coaching, you can go to circusboss.com coaching. And as a reminder, I also mentioned two workshops. If you're more of a self-paced learning kind of person, we've got our Win the Work workshop that talks about the sales process. It even includes templates of what to say in your emails, what questions to ask in your inquiry forms, a ton of gold in there. So that's circusboss.com slash sales workshop. And then to complement all of this off of social stuff that you're doing, you can check out our Driving Sales with Instagram workshop. Now that's a co-workshop we did with Shared Culture Concepts. That's available on demand as well. And that's circusboss.com slash IG workshop. So I think that's everything for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And I wanted to let you know, thank you. We've gotten quite a few people commenting on how I've been talking about how much of my personal story do I tell. And a lot of people are really enjoying that. So I think what I'm going to start doing is at the end of every episode, I'm going to tell a little story, a little journey down Eileen History Lane so you can get to know some of my backstory. I don't have one prepared for today because I honestly have a hard time remembering some of my stories. (laughs) I'm very in the present, in the moment. So I have to prepare that and and to get all the right details. But if you want to learn about our wedding, last week was Brock and I's third anniversary, wedding anniversary. We've been together 11 years and we've been married for three now. And we had a fantabulous, magical pirate and mermaid wedding And it was hands down the best day of my life. I'm even getting a little teary eyed thinking about it now, but it meant so much to me, obviously, on so many levels. But just the best part of it was that we got to share our circus world. We got to share our creativity. We got to share how cheesy we are. We're big cornballs. I'm so cheesy. But there's a post on Circus Boss Official from our wedding, look for the pirate and mermaid. (laughs) You can read about the choices that we made with our wedding because we're clearly not traditional 
and we didn't want to do that. And we actually got a little mad at how binary and gender role specific weddings are. So we crafted our own wedding journey that was all about who we were. So you can check out the post to, to read that and see some lovely photos. But I'll share. There's one part that I forgot to mention in the post. It's really fun. So we created a message in a bottle area where we had these jars and we said, please leave us a love letter or a message and put it in a jar. And we put numbers on each of the jars so that we would open them on our anniversary. So one was like one year anniversary, five year anniversary, 10 year anniversary, 20 year anniversary or something like that. I can't remember. But people got to write us these notes and put this message in a bottle. Of course, it had to be on theme. And we haven't even opened them. So we've been married three years. We were supposed to open the one year anniversary and we never opened them because October is when we got married. It was always one of our busiest months with events. So we didn't get to open them on our first year. Then on our second year was when we had just packed up because it was during the pandemic, packed up everything in Seattle and drove a big ass Penske truck across the country to Tennessee. And now this year, we're actually in the middle of moving again, too. I've hinted at it and said it in a few places, but next week we're moving to Gainesville, Florida. I can't wait to tell you all about it and why we're moving there. But my new circus home is going to be the Gainesville Circus Center. Shout out to Lynn and Corey and any of you from Gainesville that are listening. But we're super excited to start this new chapter. So we have yet to open up our love letters, our messages in a bottle. But that was another fun part of the wedding of how we took things that people do at weddings, but did it in our own way. So that was a little, I guess I was a little story. I did have a little story for you. But thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We really just love getting to have this platform to share the bazillion gazillion (laughs) ideas and strategies and viewpoints that that we've accumulated over the years. I say we because Brock is still a part of the planning process. We talk about these ideas together, even though she's busy with her other job now, but she's still very much a part of this podcast. So it's just fun to get to share all those thoughts that were in my head for years of producing that I didn't ever do a good job of sharing. So thanks for all your feedback and making this a two-way conversation. We really appreciate you. So that's all for today. Have an awesome day and we'll see you next time. Bye.